Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. You there? Numbers 13, 26 through 33. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back the word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Come on, let's say that together. We are well able to overcome it. You guys are sound amazing. Hallelujah. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw there are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. Come on, say it with me, giants. giants. That's awesome. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Verse Numbers 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Father, speak to us tonight, I pray. Help us, God, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. But it's a powerful picture of a people who, are so, who so easily forgot who their father is. And a lot of times we can read the Old Testament and read these passages and like, oh my goodness, how can they be so frivolous? How can they be so, you know, wavering their understanding? But a lot of times when we read about these people, we are actually reading about us. It's like, how could they, how could they so easily, didn't they just see the miracles God did? Yeah, didn't you just see the miracles that God did? Didn't God bring you out with the great hand and set you from the ash and pulled you up from the ash and set you with princes, with noblemen? Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Hello. We're all going through something. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation, but nobody likes me. Yeah, you know, as Pastor Daniel says, you got only two, one or two, three people like you anyway. Might as well fulfill the call of God. Hallelujah. You know, they had been freed from slavery. We can oftentimes be that person, forgetting who we are, forgetting who our God is. Hallelujah. And cry like babies and sound. You know, I hope that every time you read complaining, you know, you read it like that. Hallelujah. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. And then recognize when you sound like that. Because when we recognize that when we sound like that, you know, 
I pray that the Holy Ghost will give you a vision where the Lord Jesus is standing before you and he's like, you know what this is? This is the world's tiniest violin. <laughs> and Pastor Daniel preaches and you can go back through the, through the records of YouTube and the, and the app. We, we, we podcast. We're in several different platforms. You can listen all the preaching that goes on in the house back to 2015, Minister Micah's preaching in 2014, and you can hear him preach then. It was awesome. But anyway, it was an illustrated sermon. But you can all do, and you can read how when you complain, you release the destroyer in your life. When you complain, you bring destruction upon yourself. When you begin to look outside and not trust who God is and forget what God has done for you, it'll bring destruction in your life. You can go to the records and watch that online. But it's, uh, they, they're here, they're at the, at the cusp of destiny. Genesis 12, 7, um, you know, they're at the cusp of destiny. Back up a little bit. They just left Egypt. They went through the wilderness. It wasn't just like, you know, we got up and we went, you know, for a ride. It was like God had to miraculously save them and set them free from slavery. And it wasn't just like, you know, you're free from slavery. Here you go. No, it's like you're free from slavery. Here's all the wealth of Egypt. Take it with you. And not only that, there was an air conditioning in the desert before air conditioning was invented. It was spiritual air conditioning. There was a cloud in the day that accompanied them when they walk in the desert. Anybody ever been in the desert? Amen. As you can see, you know, I got a tan on my face. We were just in Maui for um, a few, a couple weeks, a week and a half or so, and it was amazing. It was hot. You know, it's like... I put a suit on because we're going to go, we're going to went to the cathedral there and um, be amazing church. I love our church. So thankful for our church. And, um, but it was like torture. You know, it's like, you know, being put inside an oven because, you know, I, you tie your tie and my face just automatically just like begins to like pour out water, you know. Um, and I had, and it was like, ah, and my wife was like, ah, go to the air conditioning car. <laughs> So I had to, like, you know, really, like, get, get it together, get it together. But, um, but they were in the desert. A cloud would follow them during the day so they wouldn't get sunburned. Hallelujah. At night, there was a pillar of fire that accompanied them. You know, and then there was, when they woke up, there was food for them that, was, that rained from heaven. All these things were happening all the time. It wasn't like they just, they just, they were, no, they actually, you know what? They even got like Gucci clothes when they left Egypt. Because the Bible says that they were to go to the, to the, to the Egyptians, give me all your money, give me all your clothes. And they're like, okay, here you go. Literally, that's what the Bible says it happened, not the Gucci part. But anyways, so they're walking out, they got new clothes, they got AC, they got heaters, they got food that comes, you know, from heaven, quite literally. And the Bible says that they would boil them, they would make cakes out of them, they would boil it, and it tasted like fried right, pastries. It's like fried chicken. Except that it didn't build plaque on your veins. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right? It doesn't say fried chicken. I'm taking a lot of liberty here talking about manna. But it was the food from heaven. You know, and they're walking and they get, to the, they get to the cusp of their destiny. You see, there's a journey to get to where God has called you from. And when you get there, things, you know, the battle is not going to end. It's going to begin. But there is, there is a catch. God is with you. 
God is fighting for you. God is on your side. He has strengthened you. Strengthened you. The Bible says that the Lord, he trains my hands for war. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a secret that when you're reading scriptures about all the mighty men of David, when you read about David, you know, hitting and killing the giant and doing all those things, it wasn't that David and all those guys were amazing fighters. It's that God was with him. God was with them. God was with them. How can one man with one spear kill 800 men? Not 800 men like, you know, nowadays kind of men from the lower 48. 800 men from, <laughs> no offense, no offense. But if you have a beard and a, you know, and plaid shirt and you can't slit wood, you know, you're not a lumberjack. <laughs> you might, in 2021, you might be a graphics engineer. And um, there's nothing wrong with, did I say something bad? Jeez. Anyway, like I was preaching, stop interrupting my preaching, please. No, so one guy, the Bible says, he stood on a, on a lentil field and he killed 800 men with one spear. It wasn't, like I said, you know, men who, there were men who were trained for war. Not only were they trained for war, they were evil, sadistic torturers of people. How can one man do that? The Lord is with him. The dude who got cornered in a snowy day between a rock and a lion, and he killed the lion. The Lord was with him. When David knocked down the giant, the Lord was with him. Amen. When his, when his men knocked down the other giants, the Lord was with him. When they did these amazing feats, when Samson killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass, the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's King James Version. When all the, you know, it, and it's, it's amazing. And, I, you know, I heard one preacher, I think maybe was here, saying that, you know, Abraham, or uh, not Abraham, but uh, Samson was like a scrawny guy. That's why everybody was so amazed that he did what he did. I don't know about that, but, you know, all the, all the kid, you know, books that I read growing up, he was muscular. But anyway, God was with him. And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will abide on the inside of us and will quicken our mortal bodies. So when we go through difficulties, when we go through hardship, when we go through hard times, that every single one of them, us here are going through something, God is with us. You are not alone. I feel alone. Get over it. <laughs> go to Lowe's, get a ladder, and get over it. And that can be harsh, right? We got mercy, we got our mercy, count. and you know, listen, a lot of times when we preach, we are, you know, it can, be, it can sound one-sided, in a sense it is, but you know, it's like the scriptures, when you read one verse, there's a whole scriptures that you got to, you know, reference with that one verse, amen? Is that better? Thank you, okay, all right, appreciate it. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of times that we need to do that, though. And yes, we got to get healing. And yes, we got to grow. We got to learn. We got to, um, we can be helped. Yes, but if you will know who your God is, even if you don't know, how am I going to get there? If you will trust in the Lord, if you will get in the scriptures, if you will call on the name of the Lord, he will answer you when you cry. A bruised reed, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. 
A lot of times we feel like we're at the end of our rope. Who's going to help me? I don't know what to do, God. Stay in it. That's what I want to tell you today. Your daddy is going to help you. Your daddy is on your side. Your daddy is going to raise you up. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to protect you. But are you on his side? In Genesis 12, 7, you know, it's so mesmerizing that they, they made a decision that they did. And actually, if you, if you read and you study the text, you will hear that there was a, a rough a riffraff. There was a group of people that came out of Egypt with them that hung around the outskirts of the camp, and they would entice the people to sin. So your company you keep really matters. The company you keep really matters because God had done so many miracles that it, it can, it's mesmerizing when we read scriptures. Like, how could they screw up? Like, God was on their side. You know, all the things that had just happened, and we can also be ourselves in that position of where we experience the power of God, we experience the move of God, and then we screw up, and we give up, and we want to, you know, and it's like we want to just turn around and walk back to Egypt. Don't do it. Amen. I want to, in, in Genesis 12, 7 says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. That is the very land that the people of Israel had come to. They were about to enter into the promise that God had made to their father. And it's amazing. It was their year of fulfillment. Just like it's our year of fulfillment right now. This year is the year that we are, we will see fulfillment in every area of our lives. I'm going to tell you, we're in June right now. What are you declaring over yourself? What are you declaring over your life? Declare faith. Declare the truth of God. Declare the righteousness of God over your life, over your family, over your children. Man, I don't see it. It doesn't, doesn't matter what you see. You declare the truth of God, that they're going to be set free, that they're going to come out of slavery. They're going to be moved into the presence of the Lord, and you keep believing that and fighting for that in prayer. You know, it was the year of fulfillment. What God had promised Abraham some 500 plus years earlier is now being fulfilled, about to be fulfilled. And they messed it up because it looked too hard to do. I'm going to tell you another secret. Everything that God asks you to do is going to be too hard to do. Everything God asks us to do is too hard because he's, we are to rely on him. We are to rely on one another, on righteous brothers and sisters. That's why the church is so important. That's why we, our new vision, the 12120, 1,200 extensions, 120,000 disciples, we're going to see it fulfilled by the year 2025. It's too hard to do. I know. Hallelujah. God's on the throne, the devil's been defeated, and we're going to get to it. It's a giant, I know. We're giant killers. Come on, say it with me, I'm a giant killer. Yes, you are. It looked hard to do, so they gave up. In Genesis 14, it talks about how Abraham rescued Lot. It is a fascinating, it's a fascinating story. And... Do you know who Abraham rescued them from? It was the four kings against five. There were four kings led by Kedorlaomer, 
which is modern Iran now from where he was. The king of, de- of, of modern Iran, back in the day it wasn't Iran, it was Kedar Leomer. And the ones, they were the ones who destroyed the Rephaim and the Zazim and the Emim. You know what, who those people were? These were what the Hebrews called the Anakins, except it was in different languages. They were the giants. These people were giants. And they had been destroyed by these four kings, right? They came and destroyed them. And they came, you know, they came down and the five kings um, went against them and they, they lost the battle. So they came and one of the places they attacked was Sodom. And who lived in Sodom? Abraham's nephew, Lot. Lot was a righteous man, the Bible says. And it says that when Abraham got word that Lot was taken captive and ev- along with everything in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, he knelt on the ground and he just cried. Oh, God, I remember Lot when he was a kid. No, that's not what the Bible says. Because Abraham was a true lumberjack. Hallelujah. You know what Abraham did? Abraham said, everybody wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Everybody wake up. We're going to war. It was at night. At night, Abraham got the guys from his household, his boys, his men, the people in his house, his his servants, all those who were in his household, 318 men, along with himself, 319 men. And you know what they did? They all cried together. And they, no, they didn't. They did not cry. They got their stuff. They got their swords. They got their shields. And they pursued the giant killers. They pursued the worldly giant killers. Not only did they pursue them, but it says in Genesis 14, 15, and he and his servants deployed against them by night defeated them and pursued them as far as Haba to the north of Damascus. How many of y'all know that's a long ways away? I didn't look at the map, but it was a long way away. <laughs> Abraham and his guys from his household went after the four kings, went after them at night. They pursued them, defeated them, and pursued them all the way to a really far and distant land. That was their daddy. That was the father, the father of the Hebrews. We're going to have battles to fight our whole lives. Did you know that? And just like a war, there are different battles until the enemy is fully defeated. As long as we're alive, we're going to be fighting battles. I want to encourage you tonight. Hallelujah. Rejoice. You got some battles to fight. But let me tell you something. You are victorious. You are victorious through Christ Jesus. Like, oh, I'm so tired of fighting. Hallelujah. You need to get in the presence of the Lord. Because our strength cannot, does not come from ourselves. You have to take your charger and go to the presence of the Lord. That's where you get recharged. How does your phone keep working? How does your iPad keep working? How do the lights keep working when they're plugged in? And if we stay plugged into the Lord, if you will plug yourself in to the Lord, 
You will have strength to continue shining in the darkness. You will have strength to pursue the enemy. You will have strength to go after and do what God has called you to do. God has not called us to do a little thing here. He has called us to do a great thing. Hallelujah. Now our war is not against flesh and blood. It's not your mother-in-law. She ain't the problem. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Our mother-in-law is a blessing to us. Man, when I had COVID a few, a few months ago, praise the Lord, I was, you know, just, I was like working on my computer because I decided I was, you know, I, I got up and I'm going to get dressed. You know, I'm not going to, I wanted to stay in bed all day, but I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I was like working and here comes my mother-in-law with a plate of like fried yucca and like eggs. And it was just so amazing. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for my mother-in-law that I never got her deported. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there are some battles in our lives. No, I love her. I love her. And she can't be deported. She's a legal immigrant. <clears throat> but we're going to have some battles in our lives. We have battles in our lives that we're going to have to fight that if you lose it, it's going to screw up your future. It's going to delay what God has for you. It's going to delay the blessing of God for you. Do you know that the people, they, because they cried, because of the way they acted, they had to go back to the desert and that entire generation died? Every man 20 years and older, and all the women I believe too, the women too, everybody 20 years and older, until you're dead, we can't go into the promised land. You don't want to be the one who forfeits your destiny because you did not believe God. Like, well, it's too hard. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing the Lord. He will come through for you. It's always going to be too hard. And you know what happens? It becomes easy. Like, wow, that's not so hard anymore. It becomes just a natural way of moving, a natural way of living. You know, the, the, the men who were David's mighty men, they used to be the people who were in debt, in loser, and this, they were, um, uh, they had like given up on life. They had no hope. They were just like humbugs. And they came and they found David in the cave of Machpelah. Maybe you're going through that right now. It's like, man, I got too much debt. Everything sucks. Everybody's left me. I got nothing. Let me tell you, if you will begin to pursue after the Lord and stay in it, Amen, because God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's something that is required for you to see a greater release of the power of God is grit. You got to have grit. Like, I don't have grit. Like, you can get grit. How, how do you get grit? Stay in it. Stay in the presence of the Lord. Seek after the Lord. Believe the word of God. It's not a lie because the devil will come and lie to you and say, you know, oh, it's not as good as it could be, so you might as well give up. Those are lies. Those are things to, to get you to give up early because you are on the cusp of destiny. And the devil will do everything in his, in his power to get you to turn around. The flesh will do everything in its power to get you to turn around. But God will help you. He's on your side. Hallelujah. We're going to have battles in our lives. And if you don't, you don't fight, you don't, you don't, if you don't enter into the battle, you're not going to have victory. But if you do, God's on your side. Everybody that they fought after that, after they entered into the promised land, everybody that they fought when they were walking with God, they had victory. 
It wasn't like, you know, a little victory. It was like huge victories. And people who are like, you know, the fake lumberjacks, like, oh, my goodness, they're actually good warriors. Yes, the Lord is on their side. Maybe the guy who was, you know, just a bricklayer in Egypt and didn't even get paid for it. Now he's a fighter. He's like, man, that guy should be a captain because he's a good fighter. The Lord is with him. And it's the same thing with us. If we will stand in the day of battle, if we will stand knowing that the Lord is fighting for us, that he's on our side, you will have victory. I will have victory. Hallelujah. They were in the brink of their destiny, taking the promised land. The way that God works is he'll promise we possess. He promises we possess. I will bless you. I have given you the power to create wealth. If you sit on your laurels and your blessed assurance and just say, Lord, bless me indeed. No, that means you got to get a job. You got to work hard. You got to be faithful in the little things and God will put you over the big things. Like, no, no, no. I know why is he got like, you know, a nice car and I don't got a nice car. Like, because you don't work as hard as he does. That may be the, like, but I work hard. Well, do you? Are you working smart? That's the next level. Are you growing in what you're doing? I'm just talking like, you know, in the things of the Lord. Like, God bless me. I want, you know, are you growing in the things of the Lord? Have you joined KSM yet? Do you read your Bible? Do you ask the Lord for wisdom? Listen, if, man, it's a miracle that I'm here. It really is. God has blessed me. I used to be clueless. I used to be clueless guy. And God has blessed me. No, seriously. Why? For one reason, because I love God, and I was taught to pursue God, to never leave. You know, and I remember my brother once said, you know, we're all believers, and my mom prays for me a lot. But I remember my older brother one time looked at me. I was about 12, year old, 12 years old in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. He was driving his Omega, Oldsmobile Omega. Oldsmobile Omega. Anybody ever see, know that car? An Oldsmobile Omega. It was blue with a blue, like, you know, leather top and had power windows, which was like power windows, baby. Let me tell you, ain't no cranking over here. We're pushing buttons. And I remember, you know, and it smelled, you know, it, it just it had like those, anyway, it was a 1980-something back in 93, 94. And I remember my brother, you know, um, telling me, he was, he's, he's eight years older than I am, and he says, Gil, whatever you do, Never stop loving Jesus. Never stop pursuing Jesus. And that just, for whatever reason, that just stuck with, stuck with me. And there are times where, you know, I haven't not known what to do, not known what to say. You know, Mr. Clueless, but God will help me. And a lot of times when you, sh you know, keep your mouth shut, you'll do a lot better. <laughs> and you trust God and you speak the word of God. You speak the truth of God. Hallelujah. But God will make promises and we possess it. It's a partnership. Do you know that God wants to partner with you to do great things? When he calls you to do great things, when he called us to build that building, it wasn't just so, you know, we could watch God just do everything by himself. No, it's so that through you and I, we can, resources can flow, work can flow, the blessing of God can flow to see that building finish with shouts of grace, grace unto the capstone. Hallelujah. They made a mistake by sending um, men who were not righteous, who did not have faith in the Lord to spy out the land. 
And based on the perspective of 10 spies, all of the Israelites unanimously agreed that they were losers and weak. Based on the assessment of 10 people who were weak, who were cowards, they missed their, their destiny. Who are you giving yours to right now? Who is the people around you that are speaking, that are influencing you in what you do? I have a rule. If I'm, you know, and I learned that because, remember, at one point in my life, I was the, you know, I didn't know a whole lot. But if I'm going to find something out, I'm going to ask somebody that is doing it already. I remember when we first came, you know, when we moved to Alaska, and my wife and I, we worked really hard. We made a lot of money, and we were always broke. So I'm like, and my wife became pregnant with our oldest, Kyle. And I said, you know, and I was like, I'm like, man, like, we can't do this, like, anymore. I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out what to do right. So I, be, you know, I be, we begin to talk, and I'm like, hey, let's talk to that treasurer guy of the church. Because he looks like he's got it together. You know, my wife had been going to life group with his wife, and is like, you know, telling us good things about him. And I say, hey, let's go talk to them, because they got it together. We definitely don't. And, let, and let's see, we need help. And before I talked to him, he said, hey, listen, you guys want to go to lunch with us? We're like, sure. So he took us to lunch, and he says, you know, at, at the end, you know, when we're having dessert, he says, the reason I invited you guys out to lunch is because we have a heart for young couples and finances. I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord, brother. We were at the brew house. I remember the table we're at till this day. Because I'm like, bro, I wanted to talk to you about that because I am clueless in that regard. And we began, you know, and the first thing we did, we did a program with them. We're called Crown Financial. We also have here um, the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University that if you got money problems, go through that in Jesus' name. Amen? And then do what it says. Amen? So we went through the program to get our finances in order. And that was the bedrock of God being able to bless us. And then God began to give us ideas. It was, it's always hard work. It's never just easy. Easy money, easy come, easy goes. You get it easy, it's going to go easy. It'll last long. But when you work for it, God will give you wisdom to see it fulfilled. And then not only to see it, you know, to get it, but also to retain it and to be able to invest it and to be able to grow it. And God is doing that for us. I'm, you know, I'm amazed in all that God is doing. But don't take advice. Don't let people who are losers, who are not doing what God called them to do, just because they look cool, just because they whatever, speak into your life and speak death into you. Because that's exactly what they allowed them to do. And don't share all your aspirations with everybody. Not everyone will help you through it. But believe God and then watch. You know, are you living a godly life? Now, when Pastor, I remember I came into the church here, when we came in here, I got invited to a life group. I'm like, I don't know you, bro. Why are you inviting me to your house? Like, I didn't even fight, and I'm like, you know. And I came to my pastor because God had set me free and spoken and changed my life, and he lived righteously. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the I'm like, hey, pastor, this dude is, like, telling me to go to his house or something. You know anything about that? And I was like, oh, yeah, they're awesome. It was Scott and Minister Tammy Choir. They were amazing. They're amazing. They're, I love them. I love you guys. And we went to their house for life group, and it changed our lives. 
But I'm not going to, you know, do stuff and take, you know, and without in getting advice from, you know, people who are not doing it. You want to grow in your marriage? Find someone who has a healthy marriage. Like, hey, how do, you know, I remember my wife. We love uh, when we see our brothers and sisters who are, you know, have been serving the Lord for 50, 60, 70 years. We knew this couple who had served the Lord for 70 years. He had, or, or plus, I don't know, he was like 90-something. He passed away at 93. Um, a godly man, his wife, a godly woman. And my wife, you know, asked her, he's like, hey, you know, what is it like being, you know, what advice do you have for somebody who's, you know, um, as, for me as, you know, being ministry as well? And she sat down and she was imparted to her wisdom from someone who had lived and done it for 60 years. And they were, you know, 90-something years old. And you saw Jesus on them. The gentleman, he was, you know, he had cancer. He was like littered with cancer. But there was something supernatural about it that he was in perfect peace. And he would walk around. He'd go for walks. And a kindness. He used a kindness that, man, just like talking to him, I'm like, man, I'm such a jerk. And he wasn't even saying a whole lot of words. He's just a man full of the Holy Spirit. He had dimension, but still, you know, um, had uh, composure in that state. Composure and filled with the kindness of God. And I remember, you know, he saw our kids, and he was so kind to my daughter. And like, what's your name, sweetheart? And I'm like, man, Jesus, I want to be like this guy. And my wife said, hey, how do you? You know, when we have questions, I call Pastor Daniel. I call my pastors. I call people that I know that have done it. When we have business questions, we call people who are doing business, who are leading businesses. Amen? I don't talk to, you know, home unemployed boy. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no advice from <laughs> po' boy. Look for godly people. Because it was at the bad advice of evil people that they forfeited their, their future. They accepted deception. Half-truths are lies. Larry Stockstill in his book, Bottle Men, defines a lie as any form of communication with the intent to deceive. When, you know, if you're telling the truth with the intent to deceive, you're lying. Lie, Stephen. <laughs> you're lying. They were despaired by their emotions. They had a distorted picture of God. That's what when you hear things, when you begin to lose faith and you forget all that God has done for you, you forget that your father is in heaven, is a good father. You will have a distorted picture of who he is. And they said, you complain, they complained in their tents, the Lord must hate us. That's why he brought us out here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites. What a bunch of stupid lies. But that's what they believed. You don't want to forfeit your, your destiny because you can miss heaven. It's not, a, it's not a game. In Romans 11, 21 and 22, can you come and play, brother? We are landing this plane. Hallelujah. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you. If you continue to trust in his kindness, but if you stop trusting, you will also be cut off. God is not an enabling parent with attachment issues. God is not an enabling parent with trust issues. You don't get your act together. You don't do, you know, 
your part and God will continue. He's not going to bless you. That's just not going to happen. If you repent and you turn to him, he will heal you. And as you begin to grow out of dysfunction, out of brokenness, God will bless you more and more and more. But as like our sister likes to say, God don't bless no mess. You know, seekers are unbelievers. You don't get timeouts in the kingdom of God. It's like, hold on, God, I'm not sure about all this thing that you say in the Bible. Like, God is not going to be like, oh, okay, I'll come back when you're ready. He's always yes right now. But if you're unbeliever, you're disobedient. And if you're disobedient, that's not a good thing. Because we don't know. No man knows the time or the hour when Jesus is coming back. He's the soon returning king. Hallelujah. Don't play with the things of God. Don't play with your salvation. Believe God. Like what I understand it. It's not a mind thing. It's a heart thing. But if you will believe the word of God, you will believe the truth of God. I don't understand it, but I will believe it. You know, it's a choice. To rejoice is a choice. It is a choice. The Bible says, you know, there's three festivals. It says, come before me with rejoicing, with thanksgiving, with dancing, and with praises. You know, a lot of times I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like preaching nice sometimes. Sometimes we don't feel like being nice. We don't feel like doing stuff. We don't feel like going to prayer. What has that got to do with it? <laughs> I'm not going to sing the song. What is it? What does our feelings have to do with it? And listen, you know, there's sometimes if you got a broken system, a broken brain, or a broken like literal uh, system, there'll be imbalances in your body that makes it difficult, you know, to think. God can heal you. Be healed in Jesus' name. Second Peter two twenty and twenty two says, and when the people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then they get tangled up and enslaved by sin again. They are worse off than before. They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit. And another says a washed pig returns to the mud. God is for us. He's on our side. And I understand, you know, and that can, I'm like, man, that's kind of harsh. It's the truth of the Lord. That if you will reject God, if you will get to the point and you make decisions, it's up to you to make the decision to enter into the destiny, to enter into the battle and see a great victory that God will give you or to not. I want to encourage you, you, don't have, you can't afford to not go into battle with the Lord. Hallelujah. So how can we win this battle of faith? Fix your eyes on God. Instead of your man, instead of man, instead of circumstances. They forgot who their father was, what God had done since they left Egypt. You know, and let alone Joseph and Abraham and Jacob. They forget, don't forget what God has done. Remember, the Bible says so many times, remember, remember, remember. Don't forget, don't forget, remember. That God is on your side. He is for you and not against you. I know the plans I have to you to bless you, to give you a hope and a future. I don't feel like I have hope and future. God will change that. And we need to stand. I want to encourage you. Even when you don't feel like it, begin to praise the Lord. Begin to read the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Wow, that sounds like, you know, it's hypocritical because I don't feel it. No, shut up. That's not true. 
It's doing the right thing for the right reason. Knowing marriage, sometimes we don't feel like being nice and being loving to one another. And that's, but you better, come on. See, that's from like Sister Mercy right here. You better be kind. You better be loving. You do what you feel like it when you don't feel like it. You don't feel like being loving? Go to Lowe's, get a ladder, get over it, and be loving. You don't feel like praising? Get over yourself and praise. Well, I don't like that song. You're not worshiping you? Or are you? I don't like this worship leader. I like the other worship leader. You know, I remember being at a at a conference at a different, you know, at a different church than than my church, and I was like, this is not worship. I mean, this is years ago, this is not recently. Like God will spank us sometimes. That's a good thing. If you listen, if you don't listen, you just get spanked all the time. Until you finally get a seared conscience and then you, you know, reject God. But I was, I'm like, man, this guy is like, it doesn't look like the guy, you know, that worships at my church. He's not like, you know. He's not like Minister Micah. It was at a different church, different times. And I'm like, this is not worship. And the Holy Spirit says, said, really? All these people there singing and praising me, they're not worshiping. Only at your church they worship. It wasn't even like, you know, I wasn't even the pastor. And I was like, oh, God. And it's like, you know, God just puts a mirror up and shows you how ugly you are or how ugly you're being, if, I'm, if I'll say that at the moment. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Because I'm like, you know, putting everybody down, thinking I'm better than everybody. Because, and I just repented. And a beautiful thing happened. I'm like, oh, my God, I love this worship. If you will change your attitude, Holy Spirit will help you. He will help you. Be aware of how the enemy, oh, this one is good. Be a garden of your mouth. You take your thoughts captive, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Romans 12, 2, don't be like the world. Be like Jesus. Hebrews 5, 14, grow up. Be a garden of your mouth. What are you saying? If you're always repeating what you're hearing from the news or from, you know, podcast or or whatever it is unless it's like you know king's podcast i got the victory hallelujah unless you repeat things that'll build up your life cut off people that are negative cut off programs some people some of you are listening to podcasts that is destroying your life stop it well they're you know they're conservative are there believers are they preaching jesus cut it off because you're going to get so political, you're going to get so polarized, that you're going to begin to looking at your fellow man as your enemy. And he's not your enemy. Democrats are not our enemy. Amen? Joe Biden is not the enemy. Kamala Harris is not the enemy. Father, we pray, we bless the presidency now. Help us, Jesus. And you can get so polarized with these things, you lose sight of what God wants to do in and through your life. 
You gotta look through the eyes of God. Not at your circumstances. Man, the economy is terrible. Who cares? With God on my side, He is my source. Since I, you know, we, we confess, Lord, you are my source. It is not my ability to produce wealth. You are the source. And he will bless you in every area. If you're walking with him, he has done it for us. 2020, a play time that we you know was so much a broken, uh, uh, brokenness in the economy. So many businesses that closed down. No, we doubled. We grew. We flourished. Why is that? Because the blessing of God is on, on, on my life. No matter what we do, the blessing of God is on my life. Whatever I put my hands on prospers. Oh, you're being full of yourself. No, 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 no. I'm full of the Holy Ghost, baby. I know who my daddy is. That my daddy is on the throne. And the devil's been defeated. And every battle that I enter to, I am fighting from a place of victory. And you have to understand that. And you have to believe that. And you have to appropriate that in your own life. Victory comes from the Lord. Don't allow anything to distract you from hearing. Well done, my good and faithful servant. We're here for a purpose. To be a disciple and to make disciples. Hallelujah. Abraham didn't defeat the four kings and their armies who defeated giants because he know Kung Fu. It's not because Jackie Chan was on his team. Jackie Chan wasn't even born. You know why Abraham had victory? Because he went to battle and God was with him. Did you know that? You know that there are other battles that the Israelites fought that more people died because of the hail that fell and killed them than actually people who fought? Can you imagine, like, you go to war and it's like you don't even fight and it's like, we win. It's like, yes, hallelujah. Let's go get us some money. Let's go get us some, yeah. You know there are other battles? that the enemy began to fight each other and defeated themselves. And that's what God will do to the enemy when you trust him, when you believe him, and then you take steps of faith and you walk with him. Hallelujah. Your victory comes from the Lord. Our victory comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from a government program. It doesn't come from whoever is in office. How many of you know that the underground church in China is victorious? How many of you know that the church in Iran, who is the, the, the fastest growing church in the world, led by women, by women's fastest growing church, miracles, and they're not afraid unto the death. They will preach the gospel. They will risk their own lives, believing the Lord. And a lot of times we sit here in our comfortable pews and we're like, man, it's too hot in here. Don't lose, don't lose sight of what is important. Sometimes what seems to be the biggest impossibility in your life is exactly where God has called you to go. Your faith matters. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14 says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Be courageous. Come on, say with me, I'm courageous. I'm strong. You are courageous. You are strong. When you don't feel like it, begin to speak that over your life. That is the word of God. Blessed are those who read the words of this prophecy out loud. You will be rewarded. That's what Revelation says. 
When you feel weak, when you feel like don't do it, just put it on your, on your phone or your device, on your computer or whatever. If you don't have any of those, just begin to read the Bible out loud. Like, I don't understand it. God will give you understanding if you'll ask for him. Ask for it. Even when you don't feel it, say the truth. Look how far you've come already. If it ain't all good, it ain't not done yet. Keep walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't settle there. 2 Corinthians 1.24, but what that does not mean. We want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so that you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. It is by your own faith that you stand firm. You know that Pastor Daniel can be here and preach amazingly as he always does. The power of God can fall. And you can like, you can fall out. When the pastor, the prophet, preaches, preaches, prays over you and feel the, all the goosebumps and the chicken skins and the whatever else you want to call it, the hair standing up on end. But if you yourself won't stand in your faith, you're not going to see the greatest things that God wants to do for your life. But if you will stand, if you will stand in your faith and grow in your faith, how do you grow in your faith? By hearing by practicing, by hearing, by practicing, by rehearsing in your life all that God has done. I don't like where I am right now. Remember where God pulled you out of. I don't forget. I don't forget. And there are times it can be like, kind of like, oh my God, here it goes again. Being weird, being awkward. But I don't forget what God pulled me out of. I can't afford to forget. And there's times that I'll stop and I'll, and I'll think about how God has blessed us. And there are times when I'm afraid, when I don't know what to do. This week, Monday, you know, I was like, ugh, oy vey. You know, it's not as hot as Maui was. And it's like, got work to do. And it's like, you have victories at one point, And then you were, we're supposed to go from victory to victory to victory. Right? That means you're going to go from battles to battles to battles. Bigger battles and bigger battles and bigger battles. That is the life of a believer. And it's like, and you can look and it's like, man. But then you begin to remember. I began to remember. I remember when I was in my living room. Like, oh God, we need a place to meet. I be- believing for the church in Eagle River. I pastored the church out there in Eagle River. And we're in my living room. It's like, oh God, give us a place to pray. Like they're coming to my living room for crying out loud, Lord, have mercy. Most of the time it was just me by myself. And my wife would come with me. Sometimes people would come. The Philomones would come with all three kids in their blankets. They would all lay asleep and we would pray in the living room for a season. It's like, Lord, we need our own place. And then we went to the Mac Center. Whoa, it's so exciting. It was so awesome. You know, then we had to fight to get there, you know, and I would pull all the equipment on my, you know, on my tra- on a trailer, on an enclosed trailer. And Eagle River is like, you know, a skating rink half the year. And, you know, I remember going up the hill, going home, and it's like, you know, it's like I'm floating. But, no, my tires were all skidding on the ice, pulling the trailer behind me. And it was so exciting. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, God, give us a place where we're not going to have a place to go. God made a way. We were in the place we're in now. And I was like, yes, we made it. But there's so much work to do. Jesus, help us. You know, and then we continue and we press on. And then God gave us amazing victories. And we can look at him like, oh, my. Uh, like I remember, we're like, God, we need carpet. Lord, give us carpet. And then God would give us carpet. And now it's like there's a coffee stain. Oh, what the heck, man? Like, oh, Lord. Now, wait, wait, wait. 
Wake up. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue to press on. You have to constantly remind yourself what God has done already. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.